to quote one of my personal heroes, Dave Grohl. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If you fucking like something, like it. I'm Michael Higgins, and this week, you're listening to Body Talk Part 1 by Robin. With my special guest, Wesley Hernandez. Wesley, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going good. So this was your uh, this was your choice. I asked you a little while ago, do you want to come on the show? And you were thinking, I don't know what I do. I don't know what I do. And then you text me and you say, I know what I want to do. I want yeah. to do Robin. I want to do Body <laughs> Talk Part 1. So, and I said, all right, great. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, initially, I was just thinking about if I'm going to pick an album, it's got to be one that I've listened multiple, multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. something where, you know, it really connects with a feeling that's just deep inside. Um, I mean, for context, I have, uh, I had other ideas like, um, Childish Gabino's Kawhi album. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I had, uh, The Clash, London Calling, and yes. then I had, um, Mariah Carey Music Box, and then I decided to go with Robin just because, um, I don't know, it just felt right. And, um, you know, I've never really done a podcast before. And I felt the feeling behind it was the most clear and concise of things I wanted to say about it. And, and plus, it's, it's not too long of an album. So in, in case this goes back. That is true. And, 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 we'll, well, I think, and we'll talk about that. It's like kind of specifically not a very long album uh, yeah, for, a re- mean, for a reason, which I, yeah. I actually like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even just the four albums you mentioned, it's just it's like a pretty eclectic uh, <laughs> series of like, it's like this has no connection to that, which has no connection to that. Like none yeah. of those things seem to like be in. And, and this is sometimes like, I think the joy of, um, you know, uh, like loving all kinds of different music is sometimes you're like, what, what do all these really seemingly random different albums have in common that I like? And it's usually the fact that I like them. Like I'm in the middle of the, the middle of the Venn diagram. <laughs> right. It's it's kind of like um, you know, uh that scene we always like to joke about here and there about in high fidelity about how uh this time how the main character decided to organize his his album collection, not chronologically or alphabetical, but autobiographical. Yes, which is amazing. It's my favorite, one of my favorite quotes in that movie. It's autobiographical, followed followed by his uh, his employee just going, "Holy shit!" Like he's (laughs) blown away by that. Um, So, um, I, I think should we just get right into it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um. I'm just going to do a little rundown of how this all works. So uh, each episode, a guest and I listen to and discuss one of our favorite albums in real time. Sometimes it's technical, sometimes historical, and almost always personal. And you can listen along at home. All you have to do is listen to the countdown and hit play at the same time as the beep. And it'll be like you're listening right along with us. And you can kind of join us in our little listening party experience. Uh, You'll listen to the third track at the same time that we're listening to the third track. And you'll have all that context for all the things that, you know, we're rambling about during this. So I think uh, we're good to go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So without further ado, Body Talk Part 1 by Robin. Three, two, one.
so I already like the from the beginning of the first song, I'm like, oh, this is different. Yeah. For, I guess what we were gonna call a pop record. Yeah, I um, would say even different from um like the last album for this because I mean I'd known about Robin being a kid. Um, you know, uh, the albums I'd listened to when he put out there when I don't know, maybe around grade five, grade four, maybe even a little later. And then she comes out with uh, her her album in before two thousand five. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, self titled. Uh, she's basically out on her own, doing what she wants to do. Um, yeah, and then you move on to this, which is a different avenue, but still at the same quality that you've gotten from the record before. Yeah, it's, you know, um, we grew up knowing her uh, as, um, you know, the, she, she was the one that had that song called Show Me Love. And then, it, and that's back in 97, that single is released. Um, right. and, and does quite well in North America. She's from Sweden. And so when the 2005 album comes out and then subsequently Body Talk Part 1, or the series of Body Talk, uh, albums it's a big like change and it's it is really kind of described as like kind of a career relaunch this sort mm. of like like indie rebranding um with more of like a focus on like synth pop uh, as opposed to and like dance pop as opposed to that sort of down the middle pop that you would hear in the 90s like you know like britney spears or something right and yes. and it, it really I think part of what to me makes body talk stand out is it is the synth pop record that like, you know, it, that sounds great and embraces a lot of really great things that are starting to go on with the kind of proliferation of EDM at this time. And in, in the, uh, you know, in, in the, I guess at the end of the aughts. Yeah. I mean, but, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that you see a little bit in uh, uh, her Robin album uh, before this one. Yeah. Uh, but you see a lot more of uh, her, uh, the influence of dance music and how much she loves doing that media. Just yeah, as em- to embracing dance music and being in a club. She describes um, clubs uh, in interviews as like, you know, churches for young people you know and it's where it's where they go to have like uh like a spiritual experience they go and you get on the dance floor and you dance and you and so it's taking all the influences of that music and that culture that she's loving but then giving us these lyrics that are very uh, like that are very personal that are very reflective and it is not something I usually associate with uh, with with pop music. <laughs> you know, uh, everything is there's a, there's a certain as much as this this album makes makes you want to move around and it makes me smile. It is a very lonely album when with its lyrical content. Absolutely. And as yeah, I've and- said many many times on the show before, I'm not somebody who always pays a lot of attention to lyrics. Um, but on this one, a little bit more. 
That's it. I think part of it. <laughs> we just have to address that first song is called Don't Fucking Tell Me What to Do. <laughs> <laughs> I, do I mean, I guess uh, she put it up there as a response to that, you know, that's her whole attitude with everything she's moving forward with now. You know, she doesn't have as many constraints when she has a lot more creative freedom. Right. It's great. Um, it, I'm just listening to the, the like the pulsing synthesizers and arpeggiators and things. And I, the production, the production on this album is fantastic. Oh yeah. And it is, you know, um, she, she writes the lyrics on almost all of these songs. Uh, she co-produces most of them. Um, you know, she's very insult. Whereas, like, when when I, you start comparing her with maybe other pop artists, um, w- if we were to go back to the '90s when she was debuting, well, they're all just like you know, um, and, and I'm not I'm not disparaging this, but you know, they're given their songs, right? They're being like churned out by professional songwriters, um, to make number one hits and yeah, turning into um. I mean, pop music has been associated with being like factory generated money. Yeah. You good there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think. Um, so. Sorry. No, I, I was going to say, pardon me. We, uh, we, we were talking just right at the beginning about it is a pretty short album. It's coming in only at about a half hour, a little over a half yeah. hour. And that is because it is part one of a, a larger project that she did over the course of a year called Body Talk. And, you know, the question of, well, why these eight songs? And the simple answer is, well, those were the ones that were ready first. So we just released them. Yeah. And then there were more songs we were working on. And then we released those as part two. Um, and then I think what was going to be part three ended up being more of like a compilation. Is that correct? I think it, uh, it did. I mean, it has basically the songs for part one, well, part one and part two on there. Yeah. It feels more like uh, the final edit, really. Right. Yeah, and then of course there's if you dig into Spotify, you're gonna find different versions of different songs, lots of different versions, uh, <laughs> acoustic versions of some songs, radio edits of others, other songs featuring other people. There's a lot of fun. Like, yeah, you can go down a Robin Rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the things I like the most about this album is. I mean, as poppy as it is, it's um, when we get into this next song, uh, Dancing on My Own, even though it talks about um, just seeing a crowd that's outside of yourself, because around this time she was touring all the time, spending a lot of times in clubs, just watching people dance, just only being in a crowd, but all alone. It kind of... I go. I don't know. I guess around this time when this album came out, I was working a lot. Even now, I still work a lot being in the restaurant business. And you know, while you're working, people are out. You know, while you're 
out partying, people are sleeping. You're kind of like just separate from society sometimes. You're in your own world, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a very different culture with, with the work that you do, right? Yeah. So this song is, sorry, it's just, this song is sublime. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, for lack of a better word, powerful with the, yeah. the lyrics, not the production of it. I mean, I hate to say that I like this version better than the radio edit, which I think most sure. people hear that version more than in this. Yeah, and there is like talk, like when I got doing some research on this, I I didn't realize that yeah, there are different uh there are different edits of it. There's different versions. Like I guess the is the radio edit is faster, is that correct? Uh yeah, a bit faster. Yeah. Um, not as they 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 often describe this as the mid tempo version, right? And I'm but I'm into that. I think it's actually it it works. I think um <clears throat> yeah, this feels a little bit more I don't know. I mean, when I visually think about it, you know, I mean, it, they are dancing a club, but I still feel like there's sort of darkness to it. Like yeah, rather than like the uh, the the radio edit being a little bit more bright and lighter. Right. Well, it's so great. And what actually I was thinking about when I was listening to it earlier today, and I was like, it slowly builds. Like they're just kind of keep adding like another layer. Like now there's this layer of hi hats. This right, and like they keep adding little layers to the music. But it's not the kind of dance song that like does this big like crescendo and drop out or whatever. It's just gonna keep. It keeps moving, and I like that about this song. It just moves forward relentlessly. But her song or her voice comes through very clearly. The what that you really feel what the song is about. Um, so, and just having a look at the legacy of this song, if you want to know, at the end of two thousand and nineteen, we started looking back at the decade as everybody does. <laughs> And this track was considered the greatest of the decade by Rolling Stone, Enemy, Stereogum, Slant, Consequence of Sound, The Associated Press, Insider, Esquire, iNews, Land, and Audiofemme. Wait, so, sorry, I just want to get one thing clear. So it came around. Yes. So this is at the tail end of the odds, this list? Yeah, because they look back at the entire decade, and right. well, this song came out in two thousand, so it was one of the first songs of the decade. So, and it, in retrospect, what uh, by many many um, magazines they said, yeah, no, this is the song that this is, and you you get reading about it, and they say, you know, without without Robin's influence, there would be no Carly Rae Jepsen, no yep. Charlie XCX, no Lord, right? Um, wow. I should attribute that quote. <laughs> Um, that's insiders. Callie Algram uh, said that about Charlie XX Lord and Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love this song. Um, even though I'm not really maybe 
pulling out a banner saying this is the best song ever, but it's it's one of the best songs ever. It's it really hits deep inside you. Um, yeah, I <laughs> say no more, I guess. And like it. There is this, you know, like a lot of, there might be a lot of pop songs that kind of try and capture that, that energy, but there's something that feels very honest about it. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know when, whenever she sings dancing on my own, I feel bad for her. If that makes sense. Right. Here's one thing like, I wanted... Sorry. No, uh, that's what I just mean. Like, it, it feel it just feels honest. That's all I'm getting at. No, yeah, there's a there's a there's a revealing sense of honesty behind it. I mean, like, no one really talks about just this almost quiet jealousy from a distance. And yeah. Uh, one thing I think about sometimes, as much as I love the song, is I look back and think about: it. Is it weird that I like that song, even though it's quote unquote on a on their behind a female perspective you know i mean how it kind of helps kind of makes me analyze and think about should it be about that should i care about it it's just a good song i mean that stuff doesn't have to matter but why can't i just you know like it for why i like it well you know um it's yeah, it's certainly from a female perspective, but I think there's but it, I think there's something very universal about the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the like the feeling uh, the feelings of feelings of jealousy are all something that we I think experience, especially at certain times in our life when <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think there is something for a lot of people to relate to. Wanting to be part of something that. You really want to, but something's holding you back, whether yeah. you know it's yourself or maybe other reasons. Well, and it's an, it it is inspired by her, you know, being out at clubs and and observing people in that kind of state, you know. So, like, not only is she like, you know, kind of expressing her feeling in the song, she's also recognizing like this is. I've seen other people that are like, you know, you're looking around a club and you're seeing somebody that is sort of in that zone. They're on their own. They're, they're a little lost. They're, they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're dancing. They're, they're, they're literally dancing on their own and, (laughs) and, and not in, not in a happy way, not, not a dance. Like no one's watching, like, you know, they're, they're missing something. So we're on track four now. Cry when you get older. I mean, <clears throat> it almost seems like a uh, a sort of song based off having, uh, you know, for those wanting a safe space before safe space was a a um, a uh, a common word or a phrase that we use these days sometimes. It's a, it's actually, it's a, it's a, it's a fun pop song. I, I've talked about this before with people. I think I've probably talked about it on the podcast, but 
but something happened in the 2000s where people figured out how to make synthesizers sound amazing. Because I feel like they, there was a long time where they sounded kind of, kind of campy, like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And something changed. I don't know what it was in like production. And now they sound amazing um, <laughs> and infectious. So. And, and I think that last song is a great example of it. So, is it. Is it kind of having restraint? The, say that again? Or like, like not just uh, having more fine-tuned sense of um, how you want to use it rather than just kind of like just stashing it in there because you want it in there? That might be it. Like the, the idea was like, okay, if this is going to be the driving force of the song instead of a guitar, um, well, we better spend as much time shaping the sound as a guitarist would shaping the sound of their guitar, right? There's a reason why guitars have dozens of pedals in front of them when they play, because they, they're looking for a specific sound. They don't want every song to sound exactly the same. And I think somewhere along the way, like synthesizer nerds figured out uh, how, how, to, how to really, really shape synth, uh, synth sounds to, to just, I, and, and I think there's been an explosion of EDM as a result of that, you know? So we are now on track five, Dance Hall Queen. Okay. So this, uh, this is the one she did with Diplo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it is like, it's a, it's a reggae dance hall song. It's still yeah. sort of like, I mean, in, in its like style, at least, still very synth heavy, but... Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to do a dance hall song. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so Swedish singer Robin's going to do a dance hall song. Um, I mean, uh, looking up on this record, I mean, I've heard there's a comment where she talks about how um, she's fine with doing something that's, you know, a stylist of a different um, culture, per se. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of other people had started to push your boundaries. For it and she felt comfortable, like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I enjoy this. I'm gonna try to try it out, mess around with it, yeah. have fun with it. Um, and uh, the, the song, uh, the song's title, um, it would appear is a sideways allusion to ABBA's Dancing Queen, the other infamous uh, Swedish pop group, ABBA. Huh, interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up on ABBA and talk about ABBA all day. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you done ABBA yet? I mean, if you would do ABBA, I would assume you would do ABBA Gold, maybe, if someone would pick it, because I feel like it's got, you know... There, 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 has, there has been a conversation about doing ABBA Gold um, <laughs> and uh, who I will do it with. I'm, I'm going to leave that. Because uh, the, uh, we'll see if it actually happens. I because it is one that I do. I would love to do. I think um, that would be a very special one. It it would be oddly personal, um, considering okay. it's wow. considering we're talking about like a Swedish pop band from, uh, you know, the late seventies. Uh, you know, in in the eighties. Well, I was born in nineteen eighty three, so. Where does their influence on my life come from? And well, I can talk about that for quite a long time. It it would turn out, but we'll leave that conversation for another day. Okay. 
Uh, I'll stay tuned. <laughs> so, uh, track six, None of Dem, uh, featuring, I'm going to say, I hope I say it wrong, uh, correctly, Rocksop. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, Rocksop. <laughs> to see if I, but I, okay, yeah, it looks like that's, yeah, I would say that's the, the thing it said. Yeah, and she's collaborated with them previously. Uh, yes. They're a Norwegian yes. uh, electronic mu- music duo. Um, and yeah, they've done some, uh, just the, oh, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to control F. I got to look it up. It's going to drive me crazy. Oh, the, the, the album that they, um, is it, you mean after this? Or the, gir- the Girl and the Robot is the one I, is song I know the best that they did yeah. with Robin. That, I think. Was that the album before? Ooh, I know exactly the song you're talking about. I think that might be on. I think that might be a track on Body Talk. Um, like the regular, compilation. Yeah. One. Yeah. So yeah, that song comes out in 2009, and I remember when I hear it, I'm like, "Whoa, this is like this is a banger." And then I was like, "Who is this?" And then it was like, "Wait, featuring Robin." Wait. Wasn't there someone named Robin when I was younger? <laughs> and then I looked into, and I was like, whoa, it, it turns out that Robin has had a little renaissance and is something that I do not remember and is something new, and I'm very excited about this. Sure. Uh, you know? And then that leads me to discovering Body Talk, um, which is, you know, that's just, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And I think um, while we're still listening to the song, um, I think yeah. post this album, um, I don't know. I don't know who is between it and the Body Talks. I think it's post um, all of them. She, uh, she does this, uh, another mini album where she writes her and rocks up doing, yep. uh, I think, maybe five tracks, which was. Yeah. And I think around the release of that, I had, um, you know, it, in, in my history, I actually went to go see Robin, uh, and and um, Rockstop was there, and it was like they did songs from Body Talk, they did songs from that album. So were they sort of like, incredible. were they kind of acting as like the like like the backing for her? I, like I were they with the whole for the whole show or just a few songs? Uh, for a few songs, and well, to be fair, I mean, I assume they're them. But then again, they are wearing masks, so hey. Mm. But right. yeah, cool. Um, and we're gonna go. <clears throat> we're gonna go on a little um, little tangent here. When you saw them, did you see them at? Um, when you saw Robin, was it at the uh, Fort York? Uh, 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 no, Echo Park. Oh, Echo Park. Yes. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I because I I could I could have sworn, and but maybe there was another time that Robin performed and was at Fort York when they did. There was a concert series they once did at Fort York, and I I'm I might be wrong. I think, uh, and the reason I remember it was because I'm pretty sure I remember hearing dancing on my own from my old balcony. Wow. Yeah, okay. you like not very clearly, but enough that I knew what was <laughs> happening. I knew what was happening, and I was like, "Well, that must be nice for all the people that are there." <laughs> you know, 
I have a lot of um I have a lot of live concert regrets in my life and I think that's probably one of them. I would love to go to I I don't think I've ever been to a show that has been um like heavily like a heavily dance oriented, you know? Well, I mean, um it was definitely a fun time. Uh I was there with a mutual friend of ours, Laura. Um Standing and dancing a little bit in the uh, in the sand there in the in front of the performers. <laughs> Surrounded yeah. by uh, yeah, it was um, great, yeah, it was a great time. That's awesome. And Laura, if you're listening, I am gonna get you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, my, my, my pause there is just thinking about thinking uh, outside of myself. It's like, oh, I hope this is good. This is my first podcast. I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> no, this is fun. This okay. is fun. <laughs> yeah. now, so now this is a very, like, we're, we're basically putting behind, once we hit song seven here, we're kind of putting away a lot of the electronica uh, uh, music of the album and this song is called hang with me and it is specifically hang with me acoustic version yes um it's weird uh they they do a more upbeat version of this in in part two i like i love both of them for very specifically different reasons the other one uh the other one with that's a more um, Tempo, more of a pop song. Um, Sith pop, as, as the previous songs we've heard before. Um, but this one, it's just, I don't know, I just, I just get this picture of my mind of like, you know, a newly married couple, just their first dance, and they're just like, it's just mm. them, and, you know, just all the emotions of, of this is our love, and, you know, it's just a union of these two people, and um, that's what I see in my mind whenever I listen to this song. Yeah, her voice really comes through on this, too. You know, yeah. I feel like her vocals really are front and center on this, which I like, um, because they aren't necessarily on all the other songs. Like, the, the, the other songs are all, like, the way the mix works, it's sort of like everything, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're you're... you're you can jump focus between her voice and driving bass lines and like since just everything just boom, boom in your ears. But this, I think it's like, this is like a spotlight song, you know? Mm-hmm. And it reminds you like, she's a very, she's a very good vocalist, you know? Very, yeah. I mean, maybe that's just to her credit of her resurgence about how like, um, she always had that to fall back on whatever she decided to do when she was stepping away from, you know, uh, the stuff she'd done before. She, at yeah. least she had a very good base of, of, of vocals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I am going to want to check out the other version of this song. Um, and there's a music video that goes with it. Okay. Which, yeah, which Be- is nice. Well, because, you know, when I see things like when I read up on Dancing On My Own, you start to realize, just like, oh yeah, these songs are not always written. Like, they don't always start out how they end up, right? 
No. So dancing on my own, it, it's not like, oh, we have a bunch of synthesizers. Can you figure out something to sing over this? Like, and, like at some point, she, during um, the writing of this album, she kind of said, like, she almost was like, I need a break. I, I want to, can I just stop singing over, uh, like, over all these, like, beats and synths? And they wrote Dancing on My Own Acoustic and then built the song after that, right? Like, so you've built the structure of your song, okay? And now you kind of kind of deconstruct it and build it back up. And it becomes what we know as Dancing on My Own. I'm always very cr- interested in that process, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Um, I mean, sometimes you, especially these days with... Uh, as the access digitally to music becomes a lot more easier, you know, you get oh, it's unbelievable pre-releases stuff like that, and you yep. don't have to actually get like a physical thing. And I think, if anything, this part one leading to part two, and then the the composed body mm-hmm. talk, the, mm-hmm. the encompasses of that. Just putting it out there because you felt like it's ready but not quite, but you want it out there. Yeah. You know, it's almost like how um, uh, a stand-up comedian will go to clubs trying out new material because you think they're ready. That's but not very ready. true. That's very they're not true. in love with it yet. But then once they are in love with it, uh, they're ready. They have a polished hour. You're kind of so, like testing the waters. Yeah. Right. Uh, the final track here. It's a it's a traditional. Uh, so it, it is a Swedish folk song. Um, called I'm gonna get this wrong. Jagvet and Delgilg uh, Rosa. I I probably butchered that. I apologize to everybody listening. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a lullaby. It's a, and, and yes. to me, it's a great it's a great way to end an album. Or in the context of body talk as a as a full piece, um, it's a very interesting way to bridge two albums, right? Because I would sure. imagine on the other mix it comes, or is it even on this? Oh no, it's not on the standard edition. Isn't that interesting? Because I often think about uh, music. Um, I often think about, uh, uh, you know, the decisions as to what song goes where on an album mm-hmm. and, and why, you know, and more and more I'm noticing lots of albums that have, uh, that have songs usually part way or maybe two thirds of the way in that are a departure from a lot of everything else that's been going on for the first section of the album so far. And it really feels often time and time again, like it's an artist, like literally giving your ears a break. They're just like, let's sort of calm down for a minute here. Let's relax. And then we're going to, and then we're going to end strong, you know? Right. I guess, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's the end of the meal per se. Yeah. Um, I guess you, yeah. If you if you go too hard at the end, I mean, you there's there's two bad ways to go about it. It leaves you anticipating for more when you you're you're gonna have to wait, yeah, you know, for the next album. Or yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, it's a it's a gradual descent. You don't want to just complete drop off. 
for sure. So uh, that brings us to the end. It's we did it. <laughs> we did it. So um, I'm gonna do something here that I always like to do, where I have uh, I have the album uh, opened here in Spotify, and. Um, by the way, the version in Spotify does include a ninth song that's not on the original release. It's a Dancing on My Own remix. We're omitting that from the podcast today because we're just focusing on the original release. But I do like to always just hit forward and see what is the next thing that Spotify's algorithm is going to play for me because it's different for everybody. So let's find out. And it is, <laughs> it's what? Hang With Me, the non-acoustic version. Oh, okay. That's, okay, great. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I love them both for... For different reasons. Yeah. Um, they're, the, they're, uh, they're like twins. They're twins. Right. The, I'm just listening to, the, like, there's like the, like the... The arpeggiating synthesizer in this one is sounds rad. Yeah. Like it's cool. All right. <laughs> wow. All right. I think that brings us to the end. Is there any last thoughts? I, I don't like to drag it on too Ooh. long after we finish recording. So any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, really wish I would be able to get a chance to see her again. I mean, if anything, the experience of seeing seeing her in concert just it's another reminder i really gotta see see more music live you know it's 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 nice to kind of like take everything you know inside and really get in depth and really absorb a piece of music but then it's a different experience when you when you see it live and i think that's kind of it's it's a Yeah, it's a fun communal experience that I really do not take for granted. I think it's something that I will never stop doing is going to concerts. Um, I think we're we're still a little ways away from being able to go to concerts again, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, I have tickets for several uh, coming up. So over the course of the next year and a half, I have one pair of tickets that uh, for a show that will not be until September of 2022. So, wow. um, is that Rage? That's not that's Elton John. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, nice. uh, Ra- Rage will be next May. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Godspeed You Black Emperor will be next May. Uh, Tame and Pala is up in the air, they don't know when that will be rescheduled for. And Mogwai will be next <laughs> a- April. Um, yeah, I have several shows, right? Um, there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, um, Mogwai will be in April. Uh, who are you going <laughs> uh, are you going to take Chris to go see, uh, Mogwai with you, bud? Of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> you know that, I mean, yeah. Um, hello, Chris, if you're listening to this, um, I don't, don't mean to make a joke at your expense. I had just freshly listened to the In Utero album, and you had mentioned how you were forced to listen to it. I, I, I felt it, uh, it was a good opening for me to continue with the bit. You know what? Um, maybe you should. Offense. Maybe you should come, and he can stay home, and, he, <laughs> and you can experience uh, the brilliance of uh, Scottish post rock. Um, okay. 
<laughs> as it's in, uh, and and more specific more specifically glaswegian post-rock right so um yeah uh so um but yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to that so you know what i i think it's been it's been a long time since we've gotten to see any live music but i think there is a light at the end of the tunnel um you know and uh I, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping we'll get there sooner than later, and it's starting to really kind of feel, um, like like we are like we're gonna get there, you know. And um, nice. I you know it's it's nice to have uh, some tickets on in 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 the back of my pocket. Uh, so you know I got things to look forward to. That's the hope. Very nice. I think we're good. Yeah, uh, this is I I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Really this, yeah. well, you're, you're welcome to come back on anytime. Uh, think, awesome. think about some other albums you might want to do. And then, yeah, we, we can certainly have those conversations. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Wesley. All right. You're welcome. Later. Later. Your listening to is brought to you in association with Wicked and Fun Co. Check out their weekly D&D podcast, Something Wicked, which I happen to edit. You can also watch their live stream on Twitch at Something5E. Five years for the DD fans out there. More of the gang from Something Wicked will be joining me on future episodes to chat about their favorite albums. You can also find the show on Instagram and Twitter at Listening to Pod. So feel free to reach out, and if you like the show, take a minute to rate and review it on iTunes. I'm, I'm told it helps. Thanks for listening.